Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, folks. Welcome back to another episode of the Authentic English Conversation Podcast. My name is Ronan, and today I am joined by Kate. Who is Kate? Kate is a Canadian English teacher who lives in Germany. Kate has like all of us, some really cool stories to tell, including the fact that she visited 30 countries before she turned 30. How freaking cool is that? Anyways, I'm not going to give too much away right now, but the aim of this podcast is to expose you, the listener, to authentic English in use, to an authentic English conversation between two regular people. So we just sat down, and we started talking and the conversation flowed. And after 20, 25 minutes, we end it. And that's how this podcast works. In this particular podcast, we do a lot of talking about traveling. You know, Kate is far more experienced with travel than I am. And it was so cool to just listen to her stories. So sit back, relax, grab a pen, grab some paper, get comfortable, put your feet up, take your socks off, I don't care, but just make sure that you listen, because this is a really cool podcast. Are you ready? Here we go. Okay, so now we're recording, it's official, so don't say bad words like shit, dickhead, or anything like that, okay? (laughs) No, I Um. promise not to say dickhead. Okay, perfect. Thank you. All right. So just to get started, um, what is your name? Where are you? And if you could be any animal, what animal would you be and why? Ah, Okay. My name is Kate. I am an English teacher from Canada, but I'm currently in Germany. And if I were to be an animal, I think I would have to choose like a big bird. Let's go eagle or something like that. Because then you've got kind of the power behind the eagle, but you can also fly. I was always thinking about a bird as well. And I often thought about like specifically a bald eagle because you're also protected and no one can hunt you. No one can shoot you. Ah, see, I was actually thinking the other way, like not a bald eagle because you know they're extinct, but actually that's a good reason to be a bald eagle. Yeah. And no one's going to come after you, so... (laughs) they can't because you're protected and i'm not sure if any animals actually hunt bald eagles how does a bald eagle even die i've never never even thought about that wow that's they would have to already be harmed i'm guessing to then be like landed and then i don't know a bigger animal would have to eat it but yeah you're right they would have to be almost on death's door regardless yeah yeah no bird is definitely a good choice to go for yeah so uh, so tell me, what brought you to Germany? Um, I found Germany in kind of a weird way. I actually moved to Korea on purpose and I accidentally wound up in Germany. <laughs> okay, so you took the wrong airplane? <laughs> no, I was in Korea for three and a half years. And while I was there, I met my German boyfriend who then became my fiance in Germany and then my husband in Germany and we're still here. That's awesome. <laughs> And um, what brought you to move to Korea first? I wanted to travel. And the best way to travel was to be an English teacher overseas. So I actually kind of stumbled into teaching English. That was never my goal, although it's absolutely what I was probably born to do. 
honestly, if I were to, I, I can't imagine myself doing anything else at this point. I couldn't agree more. Um, I originally became a teacher and then I became specifically an ESL teacher purely so I could travel and make money at the same time. Yeah. Like it's really one of the best yeah, ways to see the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's fantastic because like, I know my brother, he went to Korea. That's where he started off his career in the English language teaching world. And then for me, it was just like, I got to go to Norway, Prague, Spain. Now I'm living in Canada, but it's just like any country you go to, you can definitely teach English as an additional language, any country in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And is that, go on. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, so I moved to Korea and the intention was to travel, right? I think I've told you this before, but obviously not on this podcast today. Um, my, my goal in life was to hit 30 countries before I turned 30 years old. Oh, wow. It, did I not tell you that before? No, I did not know that. Yeah, that was my goal. That was my big thing. I remember being, so I I'm, I'm, was raised a diplomat's child, right? That in that, under that, I am pretty lucky when it comes to travel we lived in japan and when we were living there we went all over asia when i was in kuwait for four years we went all over the middle east so at one point in my history in while living in kuwait one of my traveling canadian teachers who was working at the at my school said that the reason she was there was because she wanted to visit 30 countries before she turned 30 and this was the best way to do it and i remember kind of like cockily thinking I've already done that. And then when I sat down to count, I had been to 11 countries. You're like, okay, well, maybe 30 actually is not that easy. And I was like 15, 16 years old. So you're like, okay, there's a difference there. Like I've been on 30 planes, sure. But you go back to the same places or I, I always went back to Canada while visiting other places. So, you know, to, to say, oh, for sure, I've been to 30 countries was, was definitely a cocky thing to say. <laughs> Um, and then it was like 22, 23 when I graduated university and decided I still wanted to do 30 by 30. So I moved to Korea and in there did the same thing, was traveling around a lot. You went to Norway and Prague. You were in kind of the European region. Yeah. I stayed a lot in Asia. Um, at the time, my parents were also posted to Malaysia. So I also went to Malaysia seven times. And two of those times were for more than three months at a time. So there was some long-term travel. There was some repeat travel. And when I met my my German who invited me back to Germany with him, I was 27 when we moved to Europe. And I had like six countries to go. Oh, it's easy in Europe. <laughs> right? It's super easy in Europe. I'd already been to England. I'd already been to Italy and Austria. But I hadn't been to Germany. So when we landed in Germany to move there, it was like 25. <laughs> And then two months late, two months, probably even less than that, we went uh, during that summer to Paris, like France, 26. And then we also went to Spain, 27. And then at one point, a little bit later, we went to a wedding uh, in England, but that was like a repeat country. And then we went to another place and then we had our honeymoon in Turkey. That was 28. I got pregnant with my daughter and around six months, I went to Belgium with a girlfriend, 29. And then uh, two weeks before my due date, my husband who um, had just broken his Achilles heel was like walking around on, on crutches and I'm like giant pregnant. 
And we got in the car and drove to the Czech Republic, which is just like right over the border, had some coffee and ice cream, looked around a little bit, hobbled around a little bit for, a, for an injured person and a pregnant person and came home and we're like, okay, check, life goal achieved. I can now have this baby. <laughs> that baby was not coming out unless you hit 30 countries. <laughs> I was not going to let her stop me. And I'm really glad I didn't because I could have very easily stayed home that day. <laughs> 30 countries before you're 30 is yeah. not easy to do that is extremely difficult it's not easy to do and I'm now 36 years old I've been to 34 countries but my daughter's been to like eight right we did a lot of the repeats I went back to Kuwait when she was one and I brought her with me she's also been to Turkey United States and Canada she's been to Switzerland England Austria Hungary and Germany that's eight right there I'm sure I'm missing some yeah but like when you grow up in Europe which your daughter is like growing up in Europe as a German I'm guessing a German citizen and everything German Canadian yeah yeah German Canadian yeah she's just gonna have like any opportunity to travel because the borders are open it's so easy to travel there and whenever I I talk to to her I might have to do 50 by 30 yeah you gotta up the ante a bit there and be like listen back in my day 30 was difficult 50 is a new 30 you hear me and we also used to walk to school uphill both ways in the pouring down rain wearing nothing but plastic bags as our boots those are all things I heard from my dad back in my day yeah yeah but it's true like when you I remember going to Spain as a kid and we had to change the currency and it was passport control and it was all these other issues that you had to like all these hoops you had to jump through. Yeah. And then when I when I finished in Prague, I got I did my Celta in Prague, finished there, and I took a bus from Prague back to my hometown in the west of Ireland. And that was like about a three week journey. And I just deliberately took the bus so I could stop in as many countries and just experience right. in them. But yeah. still, I don't think I'm anywhere near 30 countries. And I am now 30 years old. I think you need to count and let us know. Oh, well, I mean, like... Maybe not right now, but like, like eventually you need to sit down and be like, I went to here, I went to there, I went to here, and then definitely there. Like, you need to, you need to make a list. I, there's actually a great, like, app. It's how many countries have you been to? And it actually goes through and you can check off the flags in the countries. Yeah. And then at the end of it, it tells you what your count is. That's handy. I, I've done it way too many times for knowing exactly what my number is. I still go back through and check. It's like, there's something so satisfying about checking them. Countries yeah. Yep. But then like, I guess if I haven't visited a lot of different countries, I have spent a lot of time in different countries, which is a different thing entirely. And yes. I've never really, I can't remember the last time I went on a short vacation to a place. I usually go somewhere and live there for a couple of months to really try and get to know the culture, experience it. So like Norway, I was there for about eight months. Prague, I was there. Or Czech Republic, I was there for two months. And I think the longest I lived somewhere without like moving there entirely was uh, Connecticut in the USA, actually. Yeah. And I stayed there for two summers and that was a blast. That was two summers and then the year on the inside or just the two summers and then you went home and then came back for another summer and then went home again. Yeah. So it's a J1 visa, which is like an Irish student visa. And typically speaking, if you do a J1, you generally go to like Boston, Chicago, New York or any of these big cities. But I have never wanted to do the regular thing in general. (laughs) 
And yeah. so when I got my J1 visa, I was just thinking, okay, where can I go that has the least amount of Irish people? Because <laughs> when the Irish do a J1, they usually live in a house with 15 or 16 other Irish people. Other Irish people, yeah. They, it's like the Aussies coming to Canada to work the ski lifts or something. Mm. you know if you go to a ski resort in Canada it's all the Aussies all the Aussies everywhere in the restaurants and the bars everywhere like that and for me I was just like no I want to see what American culture is like so I had a buddy living in Connecticut and I got a job there so it was just for two separate summers but for like four months at a time so from June to like mid-September each time very cool yeah and it was a really nice way to see the east coast of America and just to like live there as an American almost because there was no other Irish people around or anything. You have to get yourself out there. You have to talk to people. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, that's very cool. Overall, what did you think about the Americans in Connecticut? Like I'm guessing small town and all of that. Were they welcoming to you? Was it weird for them? It was very welcoming, really welcoming in small town. So my buddy Lance, um, whom I met in Malta on a study abroad program, like three years prior to that, um, the first summer I stayed with him and his mom and I was living in the garage and it was a really cool garage. It was very, (laughs) very rustic. But for me, I was like, this is so American. There's a Harley over there. I'm living in a garage that just has like these cardboard (laughs) walls separating it from the rest of the garage or something. And I had a TV in my room, so I was happy. You know, I don't need much. But um, it was interesting because I was working in one county and I was living in a different county. And the thing about America, there's a huge difference between counties even. And Mm. you could almost see the line, the county line when you pass it because the size of the houses. And where I was working, it was an extremely wealthy county, but where I was living was not so wealthy. Mm. What I found interesting was to see that divide right there. It's so so easy to identify that divide, but I loved living in small town America. It was really nice. Yeah. We lived in uh, Gross Point, which actually was made famous by the movie Gross Point Blank. I think it's a John Cusack movie. I know that one. Yeah. Gross Point Blank. So Gross Point is similar to that. It's it's like a county just outside of Detroit. And I worked at the time at the embassy in Detroit, right downtown. So I would, and I was, I, at the time I was living with my parents and they were staying in the embassy housing uh, in a very, very affluent region of, of that, that small, I don't know, tri-state area. Um, and it was very, very similar. Middle of downtown is like gray, it's dirty. And then you cross over and it's like the minute you cross that line, they actually call it the green line, the green mile. Because once you cross that green mile, there's like trees all of a sudden. Yeah. And then really big houses and there's really spacious backyards. And I remember when we first moved there, my sister, who's one year younger than me, she was like, what if they, what if they invade? And we had just moved over from, from Kuwait. And it's just like, what happens? And you're like, like, that's your, your experience of living in the Middle East. And we were there at kind of a stressful time. We were there for September 11 um, and, and the beginning of a war. And then she was really concerned about going to Detroit because there was such a clear divide and there is such a poor region and an affluent region. And it doesn't make sense. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area. It's like black and white for lack of better term. 
it's crazy. Yeah, the US has a big class divide and it was just noticeable, but everyone was so welcoming, so friendly. And like all of Lance's friends became my friends, which was super nice. And then the second year I went back, uh, he had moved out. He'd moved in with uh, his girlfriend at that stage. So it was just me living in the house and his mom was living upstairs. And um, that was like really one of my first times to really go into an isolated place by myself and mm. to live somewhere by myself. Cause I'd always had housemates. <clears throat> I'd always had like friends I'd moved in with or something, but this was like, all right, going back to Connecticut and doing it a hundred percent by myself. That was an adventure. And that was really exciting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I right. loved it. Yeah. There's something nice about living on your own. Definitely. And like, so tell me when you traveled, what advice would you have for someone who wants to do say 30 before 30? Apart from becoming an English teacher. <laughs> um, I mean, there, there are certainly ways you can travel for cheaper. So when I was traveling on my own, it was a lot of hostels. It was backpacking. There was no, there was no hotel stays and manicures. Um, and then as well, trying to, trying to see different countries at the same time. So I did a backpacking trip from Thailand through Cambodia into Vietnam and then back to Thailand. And that in itself was also very cool. I think it was eight, six weeks altogether and a really decent amount of time. Um, I loved it. I went with a girlfriend and that was a life-changing trip. Uh, things like that, you know, like kind of trying to see everything in trying to see everything in your region and I mean so for me that does not mean going to resorts I don't ever want to go to a resort I don't ever want to stay at a place where all I do is drink margaritas and meet the local staff when they're feeding me my alcohol I want to go out I want to see everything I want to do everything for the first time just because I'm there and then I kind of always like I'm one of those travelers and maybe this is kind of advice as well but I'm one of those travelers. I don't ever want to go into a place thinking I'll do that next time I come. I always want to think this is the one time. And actually there's only three places that I've ever left thinking I have to come back here. Like usually once it's done, there's part of my personality that's like check done moving on to the next thing. Um, whereas I know there's a lot of people who they, they leave one place and they, they love it so that their immediate reaction is to say, we have to come back. And for me, it's like, no, I loved it, but I don't ever need to return here. I get you. Yeah. I'm on the fence. I like going back to some places and to see it with new. I like going back to places I've lived for a long time. Not if I've only visited it for a week. That's mm -hmm. a one and done trip. But when I went back to Norway, when I went, sorry, one and done. Yeah. When <laughs> I went back to Connecticut, it's just a trip down memory lane almost. Especially like I went back to Norway after being away for a year. And then to see my friends again, to see the places I worked. And I brought my girlfriend with me that time. And it was super nice to just have these like fresh eyes. What wasn't nice was going back to Norway on a Spanish salary and realizing that Norway is great on a Norwegian salary, but on any other country salary, it, everything will cost an arm and a leg. It is crazy expensive there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is uh 
is different when you're when you're making the money for the region. It's like living yeah. in Vancouver. It is manageable when you live there and are making the money from there. But when you come there from any other place in the world, it's not as manageable. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So you mentioned hostels. I'm a huge fan of hostels. Number one, can you describe what a hostel is? And number two, why are you more keen on hostels than hotels? Okay, first, I want to just say there, in my opinion, I am I am still an embassy brat at heart, there's always a place for hotel in my life. Uh, I think it is just, it's like two different forms of traveling. Right. So you've got the the hotel form is going to nice restaurants and and bringing fashionable outfits or, or something like this. But then the hostel version is something totally different. It's like like getting as many tank tops and short combinations into your backpack as you can, trying to see places in as little money as humanly possible. It's like it's like competition in some way, even if it's just with yourself to like try and keep what you have going for as long as humanly possible and that like, I really enjoyed that when I did it. I, I wouldn't do it now. I've got kids and that's not how we travel now. Um, but ideally at some point, you know, when my kids are older, I would love to put them on a train and just stay in a, ho- in a, in a hostel and do that kind of, it's like a, it's a, just a different form of travel. I yeah. love hostels. I mm-hmm. absolutely love hostels. I mean, yeah, when you're younger and you're traveling, you can't afford to stay in a hotel. And now hostels are so swish and so fancy as well. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, you can find some real dingy ones, some real sketchy ones. But nine times out of 10, any hostel I've been to in Europe has been like very private, very safe and very clean, which is kind of what you really, and it has hot water, which is what you and want. And those are the three concerns you have, or the four concerns you have when, when traveling to a place, you're like, yeah, okay, what kind of hostel am I going to get? Yeah. The best hostel I ever stayed in was actually in Vietnam, which is kind of a shock. It was in the French quarter um, and it was crazy cheap, but for whatever reason, it was, it was just the best hostel in town also while being one of the cheapest they had a pool table downstairs like a whole rec center for people um it was i want to say like three maximum four dollars per day and then you could go downstairs you can get a sandwich for like one dollar or you could get a three dollar sandwich and that was like their fancy one (laughs) it was amazing i honestly the time we were there that was in hanoi yeah that was in the the big city at the top that was Hanoi um and that I could have just stayed there even longer just based on that hostel like it was just so much fun I love when you get that experience because there's been a few hostels I've gone to and I can't wait to go back to purely Mm. because the experience has been so nice and the people I've met there as well yeah and that's what I like about hostels like I've done a lot of solo traveling a lot of traveling just by myself and Mm. That's why I would navigate or gravitate towards hostels because if you're a solo traveler, it's a perfect place to meet other solo travelers and become friends for a weekend or something and just see these right. sites together. You share ideas and maybe they'll tell you that, oh yeah, this this one here, not worth going to, but this is a place that you should go to. Yeah. And so that's what that I love. Good, like background information. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Find the people Isn't who are leaving like- and ask them what it was like. I don't think I've ever traveled alone. I have moved internationally on my own. I moved from Canada to Korea 
by myself, packed up my suitcases, got on a plane and left. But I don't think I've actually ever traveled on my own. Even when I was single, it was like with a girlfriend, a girlfriend and I would go, but it's a different experience for men and women. It is for a women, completely different experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have but. never felt threatened, never felt in danger, anything like that. And now my sister has done some traveling, but actually, no, she's always done it with a girlfriend as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, that think I think it's a safe thing for, for women. Yeah. And that sucks, but it is what it is, I guess, right now. Hopefully that will change. Friend, you're cool. <laughs> as, long as, as long as you pick a good friend to go with, you're cool. There are times when you discover that someone who was a friend that now traveling with that person is an absolute nightmare. Oh, man, um, yeah. So there's that, but as long as you pick a good person to travel with, you're basically fine. <laughs> I would never want to travel in a group. I would never. I remember now when I was younger, um, a couple of buddies and I went to Amsterdam and they have been talking about it for a while and I was like yeah I'm not going to go and I decided last minute to book tickets myself on the same flight and everything like that but I didn't want to travel with them in the group because I knew how long it would take for them to do anything for them to make a decision so I had booked my own hostel my own (laughs) transport and everything so we arrived into like um, Eindhoven airport and I was like one of the first people off the plane I only had my hand luggage so I didn't have to wait for the carousel I caught the first bus into the city, caught the first metro to Amsterdam. And I was in Amsterdam like two hours before then. And I'm just thinking I would go crazy. Still at the airport going, which train do we get on? No, thanks. Yeah. No, thanks. So if you go solo, you can definitely go a lot faster. That's true. But what's the old African proverb? If you want to go further, go alone. If you want to go. What's if you want to go faster, go alone. Go further, go with a group. I think there it is. Go. Yeah. I'm not sure how how well that actually like translates over to travel. <laughs> Maybe oh, yeah. work, you're better to go on your own. But, but if you're going to Amsterdam for a weekend and you want to get there fast and make the use of every minute, it's like I'll go solo and I'll meet them there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. All right. So that's gonna we're gonna wrap this up now. So before we go, um, do you want to plug? all of your social media everything the mic is yours go for it uh yeah thanks ronan um anyone who wants to come over onto my instagram page i'm at english.anywhere.de underscore kate got an english online school where we focus primarily on digital courses ebooks tons of resources anything that can help you get your business english rolling so we tend to to focus primarily on business english um but definitely come over and say hello and i would yeah be honored to have you there that sounds awesome so everyone check out her page and i'm just going to stop recording now and that ladies and gentlemen is the authentic english conversation between myself and kate and it was a hell of a lot of fun i really enjoyed it um all her links are in my bio or in the sorry, all her links are in the description just below. Her Instagram page is English.anywhere.de underscore Kate. You'll find her, she'll pop up fairly quickly, I imagine, if you type that in. And from there you can go to her, her website, which is EnglishAnywhere.de.teachable.com. Fantastic place to learn some English. So do yourself a favor and check it out. I hope you took some notes in this podcast. I hope you came across 
some new expressions, some new words. And stay tuned because very, very soon we have transcripts coming. We have extra... I'm not going to tell you what else we got because that's a secret and it's going to be announced very soon. But overall, I really hope you enjoyed this conversation between Kate and I. I know I had a great time doing it and I can't wait to have her back on. In the meantime, there's plenty of other podcasts to keep yourself busy. I hope you listen to them all. I hope you're happy. I hope you're healthy. I hope you enjoy them. If you liked the podcast, share it with a friend. If you didn't like it, share it with your mother or father-in-law. So ladies and gentlemen, that's it for now. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening.